Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpets to, tra to Trailer Trash. Oh, you fucked it up already. As all, <laughs> yeah, I know. Up. Uh, as always, <laughs> I'm your host, Ian Collins, and uh, I was bound to fuck it up at some point. Might as well get it out of the way early. Joining me as always, and chastising me as well he should, <laughs> is Mr. Connor Rock. Connor, how are you this week? I'm doing good, and I should point out that Last week, I tried the outro three times, all of which made it into the final product, so I can't talk that much shit about, about messing up things you say every time. I mean, you can. It just makes you look like an ass. And that's what we're going for, so... I mean, mi it. mission accomplished on a weekly basis, <laughs> if, I, if I do say so myself. Ian, I actually have a surprise for you. Oh, really? Yeah. So, this weekend, or last week, we talked about Melissa... Mel there we go. See, I talk shit, I got hit. Last week we talked about <laughs> Maleficent, we talked about Zombieland 2, and we talked about Jojo Rabbit. Yes. I actually saw two of those movies. What? Yeah, you can't guess which two, I bet. Was it... Uh, Zombieland was definitely one of them. Okay. Uh, was the other one Jojo Rabbit? Uh, nope, you're wrong. It was Maleficent twice. What? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I didn't see the movies. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I, I've been got. <laughs> I just thought that would be a fun little, uh, fun little bit to do. Yeah, no, that what wouldn't. Th honestly, I would have been shocked because, well, <laughs> of all the, I wouldn't have been that surprised if you went to see Zombieland too. But the idea that you would spend actual money to go see either of the other two would have surprised me when you didn't go to see Joker or uh, It Chapter Two. Yeah, I don't know, Jojo Rabbit maybe. Um... Yeah, no, I didn't make it in the movies. This week we'll be, as you just said, we'll be discussing a couple of the movies from last week. Spend a little bit of time on Maleficent 2, uh, The Mistress of Evil. And spend a little bit more time discussing Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, and then we'll be previewing The Current War, Black and Blue, and Countdown. Sounds like a plan. With a potential return to Connor's Spooky Corner. Get ready to get spooked. That's the official catchphrase of it now. <laughs> it's been done. It's it's on record. So there we are. Uh, so first, uh, we'll I'll give a, a few minutes about Maleficent, which I assume you don't really care about, and so I'll just be quick. Uh, the first act was actually surprisingly very good, but then once once the first act ended. The entire rest of the movie was underwhelming, and I just found it very difficult to care about anything going on. Like the Where first, does the first act end? Uh, the first act ends right uh, as anyone had seen the preview. It's where the Maleficent sort of uh, leaves after a hostile encounter with the royal family at dinner. Okay. And, yeah, that's that's where the first act ended. Up to that point, it was actually rather charming, engaging. It was interesting to see where it went. And then it really disappointed me. Uh, and so that made me sad. Because that, that, was, uh, that was only about 30 minutes into the two-hour movie. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it did make me more interested to go see the original Maleficent, though. Uh, but that would require me to... Uh, Either rent it on Amazon for like eight dollars, or to pay Gotta for Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. That's fair. I don't. 
really want to do it either, but probably will eventually. I don't know. Is your better half going to make you? Uh, yeah, probably. She'll probably want to get Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, she's grinning at me from the kitchen right now, where we can hear <laughs> everything you're doing. Yes, yes, we can. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. This like the diversity of streaming services. I think is going to be a really interesting like problem coming up because there's going to be like 15 of them. Well, you know, we've basically just invented cable packages, right? That's yeah, yeah, happened. it just it just circled back to cable packaging. It I will say I will say that while that sucks, the fact that you can stream it whenever you want is an improvement over cable. That's true. But yeah. Yeah. So even if like even if it's a net like a net a lateral move in the sense that you still have to pay for like the uh the different packages, it's still nice to be able to just watch it whenever you want. So that's that's good for me because my lazy ass just can't always seem to find myself in front of the in front of the television at 9 p.m. But now going <laughs> making the supernatural transition into uh Zombieland Double Tap. We were pretty excited last week. Oh wait, is uh, that it for Maleficent? Hold on, I do have a question about Maleficent. Is okay. the plotline about there being like other horned winged whatever the hell she is 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 that like a throwaway plot? Like we no, that's or? that's a major plot line in the sense that like is it any good? As you uh, no, it, <laughs> it leads. It's basically an excuse for there to be this large battle that takes place, but the okay. battle itself is is honestly one of the worst battle scenes I've ever like the most. Not worse as in, like, worst produced, but, like, least interesting battle scenes I've ever watched. It's, like, and overwhelming. Any, yeah, I just... Like I said, after th- after that first act ended, I just couldn't... I found it hard to care. That's uh, that's fair. I would have found it hard to care about the whole movie, I think, so... Yeah, the... Uh, well, I will say that, like, they provided sort of a backstory of where Maleficent came from. Uh, they're called the Dark Fae, by the way. Okay. Uh, and... I mean, I guess it was okay, but it just wasn't wasn't anything worth keeping my attention. And like I said, that's why it's a short time spent on Maleficent, so we can spend some more time on Zombieland. I am definitely okay with that. Okay. So let's hear about Zombieland. So Zombieland is a lot more like how you predicted it would go than it was how I predicted it would go. Oh, really? Yes. It's it's the major sort of plot event that moves things forward is the fact that uh, Wichita, which is Abigail Breslin's character. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember her name last time. Basically runs away because she wants to find a boyfriend or wants to find people her own age because the only people she's around are her sister, uh, her sister's boyfriend, and then Tallahassee. Which is, (laughs) who has become, like, a father figure to her. And she spends, she's not on screen very much throughout the movie. Uh, Like, they cut to her every now and again. But, like, she basically shows up at the commune area fairly early. And then, like, it'll show her for, like, two minutes and then it cuts back to the more interesting part with um, Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson. The, the original squad, yeah. Yeah. And I will say I was 
I was far happier with how they utilized the character, the like the annoying blonde character. She was actually utilized very effectively for comedic purposes uh, and was fairly entertaining. She wasn't just like a jealousy probe to get some kind of love triangle storyline. I uh, she was that, but her character was used very effectively for laughs throughout her screen time. Okay. So that was that was nice. It was very much like the way that the first movie went. They came across additional people more so. So that was that was unique in the sense that there was the realization that it wasn't just the four of them, essentially. Uh, and none of the other people really spent a lot of time on screen. So it was definitely more of a focus on the, the original squad, which was nice because they still had a good a good chemistry. Woody Harrelson was still probably one of my favorite characters uh, in, in any comedy for the last decade. Yeah, his Tallahassee is just a good... He plays him really well. It's an interesting character and like kind of a unique character that he does. He does really well. Then there are refer- there are throwbacks to uh, the first movie, which are fun. Uh, the scenes, the scene with uh, Luke Wilson and that dude from Silicon Valley are very entertaining. <laughs> we still don't know his name, but didn't didn't bother to look it up because <laughs> he's not important enough to me. Which is a shame because he's actually very a very funny actor, but un. He's t- until he gets a starring role in a movie, I'm not going to know what his name is. <laughs> He's got to earn it if he wants recognition <laughs> on this podcast. Which is what everyone seeks, is, <laughs> is validation from us. Yeah, so uh, did you have any, any questions about it going in, or... So, I mean, I mean, you said it's a little bit more like what I said it was going to be, um, so that means we just get, like, you know, the Zombieland family taking on the, the whatever, like minor tasks they have to do just surviving in zombie land i mean there's there's like they spent some time discussing the fact that there are different classifications of zombies that have happened oh that's interesting yeah so there's like there's different tweaks that they made to the story uh just sort of just to keep it interesting and somewhat fresh yeah uh the narration i still found fairly entertaining the cutaway gags for zombie kill of the week and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, they still do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's good. It's still it's still maintained because like the first one was like just kind of up in the air and whimsical and and fun like that. So I'm glad that they kept all that. I mean they had a they had a rock solid formula. So I don't know why they would have changed it that much. Yeah, the first one I definitely thought was better still, but I I enjoyed this one, and it was it wasn't as good, but it was definitely still on pace. Yeah, I mean, sequels are hard to live up, and yeah, but it's good to hear that you know the and you you were you worried last week that the actors were gonna maybe like cash it in or you know like phone it in for this yeah. one. Yeah, uh, I not I, so much. No, no, I think they all did a really good job. Well, maybe I don't know about Abigail Breslin because she didn't spend much time on screen. Uh, yeah. So I guess she she could have, but I didn't really notice it. The the others played their characters fairly effectively. Okay. I mean, no, I mean I don't think I have any other questions. I'm just I'm still excited to uh to go see it. By the way, did uh did you know that they that AMC has started allowing you to watch on demand from their apps? 
What really? Not not live movies, but movies that have come out like within like two months earlier. Like Crawl, oh, Crawl is already on their app. And that was what like end of July. Yeah. Oh shit! How much is like a? You have to have a subscription or whatever fancy thing you have, right? I have no idea. Like you still have to oh. rent it. You have to rent it from the uh, uh, from the app though. I got you, but you can like at least watch it early. That yeah. might be something I'll look into because I'll pay just a little bit of money, but just going to the movies is just whew, it's too much work. Having to leave the apartment, whatever will you do? It's yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, you could try to find an AMC that has a MacGuffins. What's a MacGuffins? Uh, some of the like bigger AMC theaters have a bar area where no they they called it MacGuffins. Because it sounds like an Irish pub name, but it's actually a movie item, sort of like the the briefcase in Pulp Fiction that moves the story along, but it doesn't really matter what it is. Okay. I did not know that existed. Good for AMC. Yep. So Breaking like if, the bar. <laughs> if I wanted to, I could get a, a beer at the bar and take it into the movie theater with me. But I'm not going to do that because I don't want to spend $12 on a beer. Uh, yeah, there it is. That's the problem. It might only, it might actually only be like $8, but that's still, still a lot of money for a beer. Yeah, like 5 you could maybe sell me on. Oh, I'd definitely do it for 5 That's cheaper than their fucking soda. That's true. Movie theater prices are through the roof. I haven't been there in a really long time. I think the last movie I saw in theaters... Oh God! It may have been Star Wars. Like did the, you? What, did you not go to see thing. Endgame? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah! I lied. I saw Endgame. I think I've actually talked about that on here before. Yeah, so we won't rehash that. Uh, but yeah, I did see Endgame. I didn't see Infinity War in theaters because I was just burnt out. For basically my entire time in college, the only movie that I would consist, only movies that I would consistently see in theaters were the Marvel movies. Just, like, keep up with all the shenanigans? Well, yeah, but also because, like, my friends were all big Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe fans. And so, because we were all into it and all, like, interested in going to see those movies, we would do it, like, as a group. Whereas, if I wanted to go see, like, the newest Benedict Cumberbatch movie that... That like three people had even heard of. The odds that anyone else is gonna want to go with me is. Are you? Are you doing a segue right now, you motherfucker? I mean, it wasn't meant to be, but now that you mention it, on the note of Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, his upcoming <laughs> movie is The Current War, and will be coming out this weekend, where he'll be playing Thomas Edison, opposite of. Nikola Tesla in the current war, as in electrical current, to try and determine what sort of uh, methodology would start supplying electricity to uh, the world. So, Connor, yeah, that sounds like a good good synopsis of it. Uh, yeah, what were you gonna say? What did you think of the uh, the trailer? I got four words for you for this trailer. Yes. Tom Holland's sideburns. <laughs> That might be three words. I don't know how many that's, words sideburns that's is. That's three words, but yes, that is that is a noteworthy thing that happens. 
that might be my only takeaway, honest to God. I don't. I, I, it's at the end of the trailer, but I saw that and I was just like, what the fuck? Did did, I, what am I looking you, at? Did you just enter a fever dream once you <laughs> once you saw it? You're like something like that. What is life? Where are we? I was like, this kid, he's still, like, I get he's, like, what, like, 20-something now, maybe? Early, like, very early 20s. Tw- he is 22, I believe. Yeah, okay, so he's 22. He's And, like, he could realistically have sideburns, but he just, I don't, he still looks so young, and those sideburns were just so weird-looking. <laughs> I couldn't I mean, get over it. <laughs> they're, it's designed to be in the 1890s. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I think, okay, yes, all sideburns are weird-looking. I will... Like or like, uh, what? They're like mutton chops, though. Yes. Yes. So they like, are. all like mutton chops are fucking weird looking. Um, but I don't know, just something about that. Just it's that image. Just I think it's it's gonna haunt me. I see it when I blink. Oh, that's a bit um, harsh. <laughs> so, uh, Tom Holland, uh, if you're listening, don't grow sideburns like that. Other than that, I had, I I just I don't think that they did. I don't think the casting was good. That's going to be, I think, my biggest problem with this movie. Why? Um, because, ah, oh, fuck, I've heard his name. What's the, what's the dude who played, uh, t- who's playing Tesla, like Holt or something? I believe it's Nicholas Holt, but I will, I will yeah, that, put, put effort into that while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. sounds right. So, yeah, so Nicholas Holt for Tesla, and then, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, I think he's a fine actor, but I just cannot get behind him as Edison. Like, I think I'm going to have a lot of problems if I see this movie suspending disbelief to, like, see them as those characters. Especially Holt. Like, I just don't like him very much as an actor. I don't have any particular reason why. The only thing I really know him for, from is X-Men and some other movie that I can't think about right think of right now. Um, I don't know, he, but I, I absolutely do not like him in the role of Nikola Tesla. Um, so yeah, just, I, I think the casting in general, the one exclusion is going to be Michael Shannon. Um, I think he looked like he was going to play the part fine of, uh, Westinghouse. That's Westinghouse. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that he was probably the best, the best cast in there, but I think I disagree with you. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is Thomas Edison. Is a good. It was a good uh, choice. Nicholas Holt. I wouldn't have pegged him for a good Nikola Tesla, but from the from the trailer, I found it to be intriguing, and I would definitely be more than more than willing to accept him as that position. I have no idea who Tom Holland's character is. To I be, pro- I think he's just like some like lab assistant or something, maybe. Says his name is Samuel Insel. And oh, that's a real person. I all of these are real people. It's <laughs> what? It's based upon the battle between Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla to determine who would basically design the electrical yeah, grids. And each one was backed by a basically I guess it would have been a millionaire back then, so it was Westinghouse supported Edison and JP Morgan supported Tesla. Yeah. I've uh, I've seen the Prestige. I know, I know a thing or two. Do you? <laughs> Maybe. But uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Yeah. Okay. So one, yes, I know that it's about real people, but I th- I just assume like they would throw in a little bit of uh, you know, like creative liberties with characters. Cinema, um, cinematize it. 
Yeah, and I'm sure they did. I mean, it looked like way more dramatic than the actual situation. The actual situation is pretty fucked. Like, Thomas Edison fucked over Nikola Tesla pretty hard. I was like... Oh, yeah. Thuggery and nonsense that you never hear about. But well, it's, I, it's actually strange because everyone says, like, you don't hear about this. But I've heard about it so many times about how Thomas Edison basically just fucked over Nikola Tesla. I think that that's one of those sort of things where you say this guy, this actor is really underrated. And you've been saying that he's like the, and everyone's saying that he's the most underrated actor in Hollywood for like a decade. And if everyone says he's the most underrated actor, that means he's not underrated. And so it's one of those things where like, yes, I, th- I think most people are aware that Nikola Tesla got fucked over, but I could be mistaken. I, I guess it's one of those things like you hear about, but you don't like learn about. And the difference there being like no one really knows exactly what happened. They just know like the general like that one sentence like yes, Thomas Edison fucked over Nikola Tesla. And we're like sure. Yes, I yes because I believe J.P. Morgan sort of lost interest in the electricity and let Westinghouse sort of take over. Yeah, I think Edison stole some stuff too, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil the movie with real history here, um, or <laughs> more accurately, history that I think might be accurate. So I'm not going to dive too much into that. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be a good movie. Like, like I said, the only real issue I think I have with it is the, uh, is the casting. Also, 101 Studios. Who is that? I don't know. This was literally the only video on their YouTube channel for was the trailer for was the trailer for this and like the director's cut or like the advertisement for the director's cut. Yeah. So, so the, I have no idea. There there were a few things I saw coming into like seeing this. It seems yeah. like it's it's Oscar bait movie because it is sort of like a historical retelling of something that happened uh, in the 1890s fame like well-known people that are being yeah. played by high high level actors it sounds exactly like what you'd look for in a uh, in an Oscar bait movie but i just i get the feeling that it's going to it's it'll be fine it'll be a decent movie but i think it'll disappoint in terms of qualifying for an actual academy award uh may it might get one or two nominations but i feel like it's going to fall short just because yeah, I, I i disagree with i don't think it's going to like i i'd be surprised if it gets nominated then again, like, the King's Speech was, it fucking blew everybody away, and I thought that movie was, like, okay, but rather boring. Yeah, it's it's really hard to tell on many occasions. Uh, there's, there's only, like, a few things you can always rely on for Oscar movies, and one of them is, like, if is if Quentin Tarantino or Christopher Nolan makes a movie, it's going to be nominated essentially, and that's sort of the only reliable. Yeah, that, or that uh, right. Del Toro, I'd say, Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah, if, d- did you know he did Mama, like that awful horror movie from like a few I, years ago? I think he was the producer, but he wasn't the director. Uh, he wasn't the director. He was just the pro- okay. That would make more sense because yes. In my like horror movie October quest, I came across that, and I I thought it said it was like a, it was an article online though it wasn't like me actually looking at the movie, and I thought it maybe it was producer that would make a lot more sense. 
I'll look it up now since I'm already on IMDb. Uh, but what else? Uh, I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch might get like uh, a not an Oscar nomination, and that's that's just because I haven't seen a lot of strength elsewhere for nominations. But I could be mistaken. I, I guess it would depend on whether or not he would be considered the lead actor. Because if he's if if he would be nominated as supporting actor, then I think that he could sneak in and get a nomination. I think Michael Shannon stands a chance of getting best supporting actor. Yeah, like I said, I do. I really do like his casting for this, and all the scenes he were in just seemed very, very believable and well done. I he he was what made me most excited for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I was I was looking at Mama. Yeah, what's the verdict? It was directed by Andy Muschietti. Oh, okay, so <laughs> Del Toro is safe. Yeah. What else would it, what could he have possibly done? Just he would just have to cry himself to sleep with his two Oscars over the last <laughs> four years for for best director. What was his what? other wait, what were what were his two Oscars over the last four years? Uh Shape of Water uh, and yeah, I forgot he did that. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. I don't know, I'm not gonna pretend to know. Um but yeah, any any final thoughts on uh current wars here before we move on? Mm, no i th- i think that's that's it for that's pretty I, much that yeah yeah so black and blue next yes black and blue what were your thoughts on black and blue uh yeah so black and blue uh from the trailers it looks like it's about this uh police officer who witnesses like some kind of cover-up slash brutality i don't really it's not really a brutality situation it just looks like it's some kind of like corruption and then cover up to the corruption where the police like kill somebody to like keep them silent and she witnesses it and then the police are after her and then i guess they go to the the mike coulter who's he i know he's like some kind of head honcho in probably a gang because he has a lot of fur on his collar so he's up there um, they go to him and then like the gangs are after her and they're trying to like keep this police gang collusion, whatever the hell it is, um, under wraps from the trailer. It looks like every goddamn member of the police force, except this lady, um, is in on it. And every, every person who, whatever like neighborhood they're patrolling, it's some kind of predominantly black neighborhood is apparently in on it as well because there's just so many people trying to get her. And uh, that's, and I guess, and for whatever reason, she has 12 hours. That's, that's what I took away from the trailer. Yeah, so as I recall how it went, basically sort of a rookie cop. The reason it's called Black and Blue is because it's sort of a play on the fact that when they, one of the lines in the trailer, I believe, is actually uh, when you put on that uniform, you're no, you're no longer seen as black. You're seen as a part of the blue, sort of like you yeah. just. And so the, uh... which like all of the things about the movie aside, uh, they get some points for the title. I thought that was good. That was a clever use. Yeah, yeah. I I will say that that was that was a pretty good one. So she basically is told to stay in the stay in the car while her partner goes to investigate something, and she witnesses basically an execution, yeah. and they the reason that they only have like twelve hours 
is because her body cam, like, they can get access to the remote footage by the morning where, like, uh, where it's sent to. And so the... It doesn't store it internally. It gets sent off to someplace at the precinct or something. And yeah, so, so they have 12... Like, she has to live for 12 hours? Is that what... No, like, they... If she doesn't get there and, like, download it in 12 hours, then they're just going to erase it. And so no one oh, will ever gotcha. know what happened. Yeah. I think that this... This movie could be fine. I... It doesn't really interest me all that much. It it looks like it's trying to play a lot of political cards, and I'm not sure which ones from the trailer, though, or maybe it's trying to, like, unify a lot of different, like... Because, like, there's a lot of... Like, in recent years, you know, police, police brutality against especially people of color has become a major, like, media topic. So it's either playing into that or playing against that, or I don't really know because it looks a lot bigger. Like it, it, it doesn't just look like an instance of police brutality. It looks like, a, like a, a big, very large, if I can speak English, a conspiracy that she uncovers. So I don't really know how political it wants to be, but I think it's definitely got some of that. At least it, it tries to, uh, or like market itself that way. I don't know. It, however, it delivers on that. I, I kind of agree with you. It's. It looks like it could be a good movie. It could be a shit movie. Um, but it, it, I don't think it's going to be anything super noteworthy. It kind of just looks like a generic like action film spy-ish thriller. It reminds me of... Uh, do you remember that Bruce Willis movie from like 2004, 12 Blocks? Nope. Yeah, so that in that one, Bruce Willis has to escort a witness... 12 blocks to the courthouse so he can testify. And this this is basically like that uh, for the most part because it just... It's basically a play, an, a, an, a different play on a very cliche and old sort of storyline where it's... There's like a, one person who has to do the right thing and... Literally everyone's out to get them fighting corruption, all yeah. that. It and so it's just, the lack of originality in that sense makes it difficult for me to maintain any interest in it. I they have it has potential to do some interesting things and make some changes or do anything really kind of unique, but as it currently stands, I just don't find it to be especially compelling or really attractive in terms of going to see it. It'll probably do okay. It won't be super successful. It won't be considered one of these great movies. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Want to talk about a movie that probably won't be fine? Uh, yes. Let's. Good old countdown. <laughs> so we mentioned this movie a long time ago when we were talking about, I guess... It maybe I I don't remember. Um, you, well, you mentioned it, and I was like, yes, "There's I did. no way that's a movie." And then it is. Here it is. Hello. Um, yeah. When I, when I told you what the titles of the movies we were going to be discussing this week were, <laughs> your your actual response was, "There's no way that those are all movie titles." <laughs> yeah, they just sounded. I mean, they all make sense now, but I was like, "Nah," because I hadn't heard about. I mean, I forgot about Countdown, because I haven't seen anything about it since you mentioned it. 
and then I don't know, like Black and Blue and Current Wars or the Current War or whatever. I was just like, no way. <laughs> but now they make sense, and you know, with uh, <laughs> knowing what they are, they make sense. But I was initially have, dumbfounded. <laughs> having the context. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Countdown. <laughs> it's a movie where you download an app, um, and you agree to like its terms of service or whatever, and that tells you how long you have to live. And I came into watching this trailer really wanting to hate it. So I maybe be a little I might be a little biased there just because like I thought I knew what the premise was. But it seems like where I thought they would go in the direction of like some final destination shit where like you have this long to live and then you'll like die in some like accident or like you know like some kind of live leak esque bullshit happening. It it looks like they're actually like some kind there's some kind of supernatural entity that's hunting them because of this app. Or at least the trailers make it out to seem that way. And so with that, I really wanted to be like, okay, maybe this is something, uh, maybe this will be good. I wanted to give it, you know, a little bit of credit with that. But then I watched the trailer a second time, and I think it's just going to be another generic horror movie with a really stupid premise. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm definitely leaning in that direction. I Although I will say that I am interested to see Tom Segura's acting. He is the comedian he is a stand-up comedian that oh yeah okay the i knew guy that works with in the, the beard yeah. yeah i knew i recognized him from somewhere but i was like i didn't i didn't put two and two together hilarious guy um he probably he's i don't know if he's ever acted in anything before uh, that's something I can check while I'm still on IMDb. But even if he is basically just doing his stand-up, I'm not sure that he can really salvage what looks like just another one of these horror movies trying to cash in. I mean, yeah. it it just reminds me of sort of the... Uh, do you remember that uh, that movie about the five people in a chat room? It's like a, a uh, Skype yeah. session, unfriended. Yeah. I think it was called. It reminds me of that, something like in a that. way. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it, it's just or like the uh, a much uh, an updated but much worse version of the Ring. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a stretch, but I I see it because you have like the thing that's like don't watch this slash don't download the app and then you die in this many days. So yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that like, it just looks like another one of those movies that's picking back on, on like, how can we make technology spooky, you know? And two things about the trailer as well. Any trailer that starts with like this Halloween, the movie's going to suck. Also any movie trailer that shows like footage of a scared audience, the movie's going to suck. Probably. I'm willing to, I'm willing to go with that. I mean, those are those are just. I think that's because like why you don't need to show people how they're gonna respond to the movie. Just like give me a creepy trailer. I don't need to see an audience, probably a fake audience, pretending to be scared. I'll be honest. Every time I think of like an audience reacting, I think of Paranormal Activity, which I think we discussed last week in saying that it was super overrated. Yep. So yep. we don't <laughs> we don't need to rehash how garbage and overrated those movies were, but. I will say that, you know, you know what this reminds me of? One Missed Call. I think I brought this up last week also. About... Uh, I think that was a few weeks ago, but oh. yeah. But yeah, we've definitely talked about One Missed Call. You get a voicemail that's basically you when you're dying. And yeah. this 
is essentially, although it's not a voicemail, it's an app, but it's the same thing. It's, it doesn't seem unique in any way, shape, or form. It's basically a money grab off of a very cheap budget, uh, in an attempt to make, like, I don't know, $15 million, probably, and it'll be successful. Yeah. It, it'll be successful. It's got the appeal to the... And it, the fact that they're marketing it, exactly like Paranormal Activity, being like, this is the scariest movie you'll ever see, or this whatever. And then with the footage of the, the audience, I think that's going to draw a lot of people in, because a lot of people fucking love Paranormal Activity. Um, yeah, well, a lot of people have poor taste. <laughs> uh, speaking of one miscall and this whole premise, okay, so a long time ago, this was... I don't know, when we went on that tirade about uh, just random shit and creepy clowns and so like every other episode of this podcast, um, the creepypasta I mentioned, it's called The Cell Phone Game. This is a few weeks late, but I am following up on that. It's called The Cell Phone Game. It has a very similar premise to this, but it's, I think it's better. Um, and it's like a, it's worth a read if uh, anyone wants to read it. I said I would... I probably butchered the explanation a long time ago, so I want to make up for that by endorsing it, I guess. I don't know. The cell phone game. Creepypasta. That's that's the dude with the Nazi uniform, right? Yeah, he's like one of the characters in it. Okay. Man, yep. I, I can't believe you actually followed up on that. <laughs> I did. I had, I had some time to kill. I hope there's nothing that I have to follow up on because I'm just not going to do that. I don't, I don't even do the preparation before this. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I had, you, you took that extra 10 minutes today, so I was like, well, I guess I'll follow up on this finally. Well, um, that's, that's quite the look behind the curtain, letting them know that I was 10 minutes late. He was 10 minutes late today. That's why uh, this episode, this whole series, I don't know, I don't know why, it's not why anything, never mind. Do you want to say anything else about Countdown? Uh, no, uh, uh, although I, I am curious... Is is this the sort of movie that will ever make it into your spooky corner? Uh, honestly, some maybe. Uh, not that not like this movie. I this one I would probably intentionally avoid. But a lot of horror movies, it's hard to tell going in with just how bad they're gonna be. Well, on that note, I think it's about time to enter Connor's spooky corner. <laughs> get ready to get spooked, or whatever the catchphrase was I said earlier. Yeah, okay. We I'll I'll do some quick rundowns of of two movies again. Um I watched more than this, but these are the only two that I really want to talk about. Uh so per your recommendation last week, I watched The Terrifier. It's also been about uh 2 weeks on this podcast since we've talked about a fucked up clown, which is literally every other episode of this podcast so far is has something to do with a clown. So this it's it's not so much as like a I don't know it's it's a slasher movie so wherever you stand on putting slasher into the horror genre it it falls there it's pretty much like an updated uh very gory very much like 2019 20 what 2018 whatever it was I think it was 2017 yeah so like a new age version of like a slasher movie with like the kind of stereotypical uh villain well. Let me let me walk that back because where you get like a stereotypical like pretty much unkillable like coming for you no matter what villain it's it's true of the guy's name is Art the Clown. What's so appealing about this movie and honestly why like pretty much 90% of why it held my attention is because the, whoever the actor is who played Art the Clown did it phenomenally. Like the best way I can put it is like if Deadpool couldn't talk 
but still had all like the sarcastic animation <laughs> and like body language and was a serial killing clown. That's yeah. the villain in this movie. That like, makes it sound so interesting. I might actually it, go and watch it now. It really is. Like it almost it's almost kind of like Scream where it's more of like a comedy in some aspects because like this guy's like his his facial expressions and just his body language and just like the random shit he'll do is funny. Um I, I mean other than that it's definitely like if you're into gory movies it's definitely going to be up your alley. Uh it going back to the women in movies class I watched that one time. Uh, it, it still falls on the trope of like final girl and like very sexualizing women deaths versus like quick man deaths. Uh, that's a trend in like slasher films. This one does it a bit more because he literally saws a woman in half, like vagina wise, like oh. hangs her upside down and yeah, it's and like her, it, it's, that's a, it's a pretty intense scene. It, it's, it's done as tastefully, I think, as you could do a scene like that, but it's still like, I was still like, uh, that one made me a little hesitant, but it was, it was, it was all part of the movie. Um, the the last thing I want to say is, so like I said, it's kind of funny. Um, there's one scene where like one of the characters is literally like beating the shit out of him, Art the clown, with a board, and he's yeah. like down on the floor, like kind of like I don't know, like he's like he's like been beaten down, and instead of like finishing him, like any you know character should do in a horror movie like this, the girl's like. Get up, get up, come on, get up. As if it's like some kind of weird alley fight and she's yeah. not a serial killing clown. As, just... as if, that's one of those things I've never understood is the, is the mocking motion of, yeah, get up. I want to beat you while you're standing up. Dude just killed two of your friends, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, dude just maimed <laughs> and just massacred two of your friends. And you want to give him a fighting chance. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I think this movie does a good because it plays into that where like as he's getting up, he literally just pulls a gun out of his ankle holster and shoots her. And like I laughed out loud when that happened because it's just so unexpected and just because like he's been using knives and like really grotesque slow killing weapons. Yeah. And he just fucking shoots her. Um and then finally, I I've talked about this a little bit too much, I think, but finally so like this this so he's got like a gun now, like it's in his arsenal. And one of the characters, he legitimately he kills by, like, shooting them, like, I don't know, six times in the face, right? As so, one as want to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't see that character for a while. And the next time we encounter, uh, encounter her, she's, like, strapped to a chair, like, kind of put on display. It says, like, carnival or, like, fun house or something on her. And another character finds her, runs up to her, this girl that's been shot six times in the face, and is like, please wake up. <laughs> I was like, you can see the bullet holes. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, I, it's a good movie, and honestly, like just like I said, it's very like Deadpool esque in his like facial expressions and sarcastic body language and just random shit. Like it's it's a fun time, uh, if a little gory, which could make it an even more fun time if that's the kind of thing you're into. So basically, if you, it's a combination between Scream and Saw. Yeah. Yeah, a little less like depressing torture than Saul, but yeah, pretty much the same thing. Like, oh, I'm sorry, it's much more cheerful torture. <laughs> yeah, because he got this like weird clown like making all these faces. Because he doesn't talk, he doesn't make a noise the whole time, but he just conveys so much. It's like Tom Hardy's Bane or Tom Hardy and Dunkirk. I didn't see Dunkirk. 
How dare you? Uh, yeah, so we'll just move on. Uh, so the next movie Can in this we? one else. Can we move on? I don't know about enough about Dunkirk to say what it is. It's a, that's a place in like England, right? That is a place in France. Well, one Europe is the same as all the other Europes. That uh, I have no idea <laughs> how to even approach how incredibly stupid that statement was. One Europe's the same as all the other. I'm gonna stand by it. There you go. Our first shirt is gonna be that. <laughs> one Europe is the same as all the other Europes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So second in my spooky corner, it's actually this is a it's it is a new movie, um, but it's like a Netflix produced one. Uh, it's called Eli, and it's about like this kid who's he's like a bubble boy he's like allergic to literally like dust grass sunlight maybe not sunlight but you know so yeah. his parents take him to like this remote medical facility that's like kind of this old retrofitted mansion that this doctor owns yeah that she has like a private facility there um to get him like this new i guess like cutting edge treatment and yep. uh does it turn him into is... a zombie no oh but the the house is like haunted and he's trying to figure out like it he thinks it's haunted by like the kids of like her previous patients and then like so he starts to doubt her credibility and it just kind of it, it unfolds in a way that really you aren't expecting like the last 15 minutes the first five of those 15 minutes like they introduce this kind of weird twist where you're like what the fuck none of this makes any sense and then in the last 10 they bring it all together and just a totally sideways way that I, I wasn't expecting. I thought it was, it wasn't super scary. Um, there's a few good like scares in it, but it was honestly a pretty good horror movie with like a very good and original premise, which is rare in these days in this day and age in these, these times. I don't, I don't know. Nowadays. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie bubble boy? Mm, wasn't it like a weird comedy? Yeah, it was one of those crappy comedies that Comedy Central would all would have on like a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I don't think I actually saw it. I just I remember like seeing previews or like commercials for it. Uh well well I watched it and it was not good. It was <laughs> Surprise. It, was, it was very much not good. And I'm I'm happy to hear that this might be a a better. That's all I have to say about the movie Bubble Boy. In case you were wondering, <laughs> because it's all that it really deserves, considering it was made like 20 years ago, and wasn't good back then. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's it for the spooky corner. So, if you honestly, they're both pretty good. If I um, I'd recommend them both. Um, you know, hesitantly, but. They're good for horror movies, as we've said before. They're a different kind of variety. We're grading them on a curve. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that my my recommendation of Terrifier worked out, in spite of me having never seen the movie. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna re recommend it to you. Okay, that's good news. <laughs> I might get around to it then. I won't get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we switch places for this like ten minute segment, <laughs> and that's why this is the fun segment of the <laughs> of the podcast. The rest of it's shit, but this is the fun <laughs> segment. I don't know if any of it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Please love us, listeners. <laughs> don't don't beg for their approval. We don't need it. This is for us. Oh, they're not listening this far in, so it doesn't really matter. That's true. I check our analytics. We get some of them by like twenty minutes. I don't know. Yikes.
Well, don't worry. Uh, eventually, someone will find it and love it, and or you know, we'll we'll delete this and pretend it never happened. Just like every Saturday night. <laughs> we just we can't drink these away. We have to physically delete these. Oh, I mean, I guess with that attitude, <laughs> you're you can go ahead and and delete it away. I'll go ahead and drink it away, and let, we'll figure out who does it more effectively. Oh God! All right. Well, do you have any? Uh, oh yeah, you have. Of course, you have things to say. Let's hear the. Uh, let's hear the rundown. Okay, so I will say that I can confirm our picks from last week that Maleficent would fall into trailer trash, although it's it's at the top end of trailer trash because it did have a lot of potential. Uh, Zombieland okay. two double tap. Uh, is ready for the red carpet, in my opinion. That would make sense, yeah. And then the current war, I think, looks like it's ready for the red carpet, whereas Black and Blue and Countdown both look like they're trailer trash, but especially Countdown. Empha- oh, yeah, definitely emphasize, Countdown. Emphasize <laughs> the sure. trash for trailer trash of Countdown. And then, yeah, I guess I said it, but I'll say it again because I like being able to rate things. I'd put both uh, Terrifier and Eli into Ready for the Red Carpet, but for like the third time, horror movie scale, they're not good movies. They're just good horror movies. It is worth noting uh, that we are still grading Countdown on that same scale, and it still looks like shit. Well, yeah, but that one's like particularly shit. Yes. Yeah. I just yeah, wanted, yeah, I just wanted that to be thrown in, considering the fact that we are pointing out the different scale for horror movies. Except it got to normal scale, because it was just a good movie. It changes all the time. There's no there's no fixed scale here. Anyway, yep, so this has been uh, Red Carpet to Trailer Trash. Thanks for listening. Uh, Ian Collins, he's the guy that sees the movies and does other stuff. And I'm the guy who watches trailers. My name's Connor Rock. We will see you next time. Shit. That's not it. (laughs) Until next time? Uh, Until next time. Yep, that was it. I fucked it. I fucked it all up. (laughs) 